Let's pray, though. Would you, would you join with me in praying? Father, we thank you that we can be here. We thank you that you gave us this space to use. We thank you for the generosity of the church that allowed us to use this space. God, we thank you that, um, that, that we can worship you together even in the middle of all of the stuff going on, that we can worship you together, that we can see each other's faces, that though it's not ideal and, and all sorts of things, God, you're still a good God. And you are, have been a faithful God throughout our lives, throughout generations upon generations, throughout eternity. And, and we can worship you here. And so we thank you that you're good. And even in unideal circumstances, you are still good. We thank you for that. God, I, I pray for our world as it's still in the middle of this pandemic and there's states that have opened up and then closed again. God, I ask that you would give our government leaders and officials and doctors and all the people looking at stuff, I ask that you would give them wisdom, Lord, to, to figure out the best uh, ideas and ways forward and policies. And Lord, if we pray for a vaccine and we ask that you would uh, speed up the, 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 the movement to normalcy so that churches would be able to gather again and jobs would be able to have uh, and families would be able to and friends would be able to see each other fully without restrictions. God, we, we ask that you would uh, do these things in our world. And, and Lord, as is on many of our hearts and continues to be, our world is still faced and our country and our city is still faced with so much injustice racism and injustices in our systems and our policies. And we ask God that you would continue to bring justice to these things, that you would continue to teach our hearts what that looks like for us. And that Lord, that you would change the things that need to be changed in us and outside of us. God, we pray for your wisdom and for your hand you, it says, God, in Proverbs, that you can turn the hearts of kings like water. And we ask that you would continue to turn the tide in our country. God, I thank you for the people here. And I know that everyone has different stories and different things going on that are happening in their lives, joys and sorrows. And I pray that you would speak to each of us today, that you would allow our hearts to hear from you we pray this for everyone gathered together and those online, God, that you would speak to us. We need your voice in our lives. We pray that you would keep that cloud right where it is. In your name, Jesus, amen. All right, well, it feels weird to preach standing up. I feel like I need to sit back down, but um, some of you didn't know I had legs. I do, and um, it's, good to, it's good to use them for the glory of God. Uh, this week, some of you have celebrated... Some of, some of you have celebrated birth, some of you have celebrated anniversaries, uh, some of you maybe are looking forward to or have uh, vacations planned or have done vacations recently, we're celebrating being able to meet again, there's good things happening in our lives and for some of you, you're experiencing anxiety for various things that you're going through. Some of you have experienced grief this week and experienced loss this week, experienced hurt this week. Some of you maybe have experienced guilt this week with various things. All of life is up and down. All of life has highs and lows. All of life goes through twists and turns. And whatever we are going through, we need to have God connected in the middle of it. 
whatever we are experiencing, whatever, whether it's an amazing thing, whether it's hope or whether it's hurt, whether it's faith or it's fear, whatever we are going through in life, the greatest need that we have is to have God connected in the middle of that. And the Psalms really helps us with that. That's why we're in a series going through the Psalms because the Psalms helps us in the good and the bad, whatever it is. It helps us to give voice to God. It helps us to bring God into the middle of our lives so that our weakness and our pain is connected to God. And so that our joy and our laughter and our delight is connected to God so that all of life, not just Sunday morning in a parking lot or online at home, but all of life is connected to God. The Psalms really helps us with that, which is why we've been going through the series. And if this is your first Sunday, I'd encourage you to go back and look at them. We talked about Psalms of Lament, which is turning our pain into prayer. We talked about Psalms of Wisdom, which is turning the longing that we have, the longing for the good life, the longing to get life right and make the right choices and, 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 and think about things the right way. It turns our longing into listening and we hear God's voice. And today we're talking about Psalms of thankfulness. And just in case you're wondering, pain into prayer and longing into listening, I am going to try this whole series and have that alliteration. We'll see if I can see if I can do it. I've challenged myself, but we will see. And so today we're talking about Psalms of Thanksgiving, which really gives voice to the good. It gives voice to the good stuff in our lives and brings God into it. And listen, if, if life isn't great for you right now, it helps us get there. So it helps us give voice to the good, but it also helps us get there. It gives us a path of how do you get from pain and, and hurt? How do you get from that place, from anxiety and trouble and sorrow to thanksgiving? This, this helps us with that. So how do you bring the good to God? How do you get there if you are not? This psalm that we'll look at teaches us the practice of doing it. The psalm that we're going to be looking at is Psalm 116. If you want to open up a Bible, uh, you can, if you're online, there's that little Bible section. You can also pull it up there. But we're going to look at this psalm that helps us to bring the good to God and also to get there if we're not. It really teaches us a discipline or a practice of doing that. So I'm going to read these first lines. And these first lines, really the first two verses, kind of sum up what the rest of the psalm is. And it gives us a pattern. It gives a pattern for psalms of thanksgiving. So here's what it says. Psalm 116, verse 1. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. That really gives the pattern for the rest of the psalm and really what a psalm of thanksgiving is. And what he is doing, by the way, that it's important to kind of see is he is not talking about a current thing, but he's using a past event in his life. It's past tense. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he did this, because he has done this, then something will change in his life. So he's using a remembrance. He's using a past event in his life to bring it into the present and help him today. Psalms of thanksgiving are turning our remembrance into responding. There you go. Okay, so it's turning our remembrance into responding. And the rest of the psalm really gives us what this looks like. So let me kind of go through these couple verses that we just looked at, and then we'll look at how he fleshes that out. He says, I love the Lord, which is one of only two times where there's a direct personal, I love you or I love God in the psalms. He says, I love the Lord. It's a very deeply personal thing, which is what we want, right? None of us want faith to be an abstract thing. 
we want our faith to be a deeply personal thing where it can be true that we love God. That is the first great commandment that Jesus gives to us, that the Bible gives to us. It's what we want all of our life to flow out of. We don't want just to have kind of rote obedience and religion. We want to be able to say, I love God. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. And he says this. This is what we, this is what he want, what we want. And he says, because, because he has heard my appeal for mercy, because he has shown up personally, not just facts. He doesn't just say, I love the Lord or I love God because look what it says, even though that's true. He says, I love because he responded to me. He showed up in my life. He, I experientially experienced God do something for me. I encountered him. And so now I will call out to him as long as I live. So I love the Lord because he responded to me. And so now I will continue for all of my life to depend on him. I will continue to call out to him. I am different now. I am changed now. And listen, the deeper, that's, that's the pattern. And we'll see how he then kind of gives us a little bit more with that same pattern. But the deeper our meditation is into that truth, the deeper our meditation is into the truth that God has done something, that he's intervened, that he's intersected with our life, the deeper that we kind of push into that, experience that again, the deeper that our love becomes, the deeper our gratitude becomes, the deeper our thankfulness becomes. And so if you want to learn how to take your good stuff to God, and if you want to learn how to kind of get there, this teaches us a pattern, a discipline in some ways of thankfulness. It's not just saying, thank you, God, but there's a discipline in a pattern that he gives us of thankfulness. So how do we get to where he got? And there's four things that he walks us through that he remembered. So first is this, he remembers what happened. He remembers what happened to him. The, and I want you to think about this for your life. Think about an event that happened to you that was hard. And then you called out to God and he helped you. He delivered you in some way. So look what he says here. In verse three, the ropes of death were wrapped around me and the torments of Sheol, which is another uh, kind of euphemism for, for the grave or death, the torments of Sheol overcame me. I encountered trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord, Lord, save me. So he starts with remembering what happened to him. He starts with remembering life was bad. Life wasn't going well for me. And often we forget how hard things were. Often we forget how life was difficult. If life is good for you right now, you may forget how hard life was when you went through something. You may forget the pain that you had and the tears that you had and the prayers that you had and the agony that you were going through. Oftentimes we forget how hard things were. He says, I encountered trouble and sorrow. And oftentimes we forget that we asked God. We might've had a hard thing in our life and it was hard and we forget that we even prayed to God. We forget that we even asked God. We're just kind of thankful to be done with it. And what this Psalm teaches us is to recount it, to recount it. He's not specific. We don't know exactly what happened to him, but we know it was bad. And he says, the ropes of death were wrapped around me. And that's a, a euphemism. There's no such thing as an actual rope of death, but it, but it was bad we know that it wasn't, he's not just saying, man, my Wi-Fi connection was bad. The ropes of death, you know, it's not just that traffic was bad. And he says, the torments of Sheol, right? It's that life was bad. And he remembers that he's, he's taking time 
Remember, this is a past event. He's taking time, a discipline to recount. I remember that this was really bad. I remember that the ropes of death were wrapped. I remember that I had trouble and sorrow. That's kind of the external circumstance and the internal feeling. I remember that it was trouble and sorrow. He's recounting and remembering what happened to him, that he felt covered in it, overcome by it, wrapped in it. Is there a time in your life that you felt this recently? Is there a time in your life that you felt the pain, the trouble, the sorrow of life? Can you remember a time like that? He says, listen, if you want to, remember this is a past event. If you want to experience deep thankfulness where you're able to really personally say, I love the Lord, start with this discipline. Remember what happened to you. Remember what happened to you. Remember where you've been and what you asked God. Maybe you're there now and this helps you to know what it looks like to move from that to responding in thankfulness. Okay, so that's the first thing. Remember what happened. The second thing is he says he remembers who God is. So the next verse is this. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the inexperienced. So he says, I remember what happened to me. I'm tracing this through. I'm remembering this past event and I'm remembering who I saw God to be. Sometimes we can remember the experience that we had. Sometimes we can remember, man, this was bad and I was in grief and anxiety and I was, I was crying and it was hard. Sometimes we can remember what happened, but we forget who we experienced God to be. If you're a Christian in most of your trouble, if you involved, if you, if you were praying and you were calling out in, in most of our trouble, you saw something of who God was that you didn't see before or that you experienced in a new way. He says, God is gracious, righteous, compassionate. He guards the inexperienced. All those truths are amazing. That God is gracious. That means that God gives favor to those that don't deserve it. That God is righteous. That means he is faithful and good in all his ways. That God is compassionate. That means that where you're struggling, God doesn't look at you and say, get over it that God doesn't look at you and say, still? That God doesn't look at you and say, I'm waiting. God's compassion means he sees what, like how does God feel about you in your weakness and in your pain and even in your sinfulness that you keep doing? God is compassionate. He sees our pain, he sees our weakness and he feels for us, not against us. And I love this, God guards the inexperienced. Do you feel inexperienced in things? Do you feel kind of, man, like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know how to be a parent. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to be a good friend. I don't know how to do church in a pandemic. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to navigate these. Like God guards the inexperience. It means our experience isn't the ultimate thing about us, but our God is. And so he says he remembers who God was, which is important because all those truths about God, David, who wrote this, already would have known those things. Most of the truths in our life about God, we already know, but our experience takes specific truth about God and makes it real in specific occasions. It heightens it. 
Did you have a time in your life when something about God became more real to you? Do you have a time in your life when something, some characteristic, maybe his compassionate nature, his grace, do you have, do you have a time in your life when you say something about God, maybe it's just his comfort, his justice. Maybe it's his presence when we are distant from other people. Is there a time in your life that something about God became more real to you? You already knew it, but it became more real to you. He says, remember that. Who have you seen God to be that you need now, today, to remember again? Who have you seen him to be that you need to remember now? Remembering God's past grace to you. Remembering, because maybe you're not feeling it right now, right? So remembering God's past grace to you brings it into the present. Remembering how God has been to you helps you to experience that again today. Because if today is hard, but you go, but I remember, I remember what, what happened to me and I remember who I saw God to be. I remember that. Then it becomes more real to you today. When you remember the past, it becomes more real to you again today. Um, one of the th things that I always remember about this is, and forgive me, but is there's an old Michael Jackson song called, Do You Remember the Time? And the music video for it is particularly amazing. And if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. But it's, it's this like Egyptian sort of crazy, you know, Michael Jackson thing. And there's this, I don't know if she's the queen or a princess. And they used to be, just stay with me, okay? They used to be in love and they used to have like a relationship, but she doesn't remember it anymore. So he's going to get executed or something like that. And so he starts, you know, I'm really tempted to dance, but he starts dancing and singing and spinning and being Michael Jackson and saying, do you remember the time and, you know, that we fell in love and starts kind of doing all this, sorry, you know, but, and, and to get her, you wouldn't have gotten the whole experience if I didn't do that. And he's trying to do that to get her. He's saying, do you remember when we were in love? Do you remember when you and me were together? Do you remember? And he's using that to fight what the present reality is. He's using the past and the past experience of who he was to her to fight the present experience that she has of him. I can't remember if it works or not. I need to watch the music video today. That's what happens. That's, that's what David is doing here. He's saying, remember who you experienced God to be. Remember who he was to you when you needed him. And then that enters today. So remember what happened. Remember who he is. And then third, remember what he did. He says this, uh, I, I was helpless and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So he remembers what God did. It's so easy to forget what we, I mean, I don't, if you're like me at all, I pray to God for things. I ask God to do things. I, this happened this week as, and, I, and then I was, I felt convicted because I'm, I'm going through this psalm. We ask God to do things. He does it. We forget and just go, oh, yeah, of course, that naturally, oh, yeah, of course, I just got that job. Of course, I just kind of got those friends that I was lonely before. Of course, this kind of, I got wisdom for that thing I asked for wisdom about. I got peace for that thing I asked for peace about. We, we ask God to do things. We forget once he actually does it. David is saying, remember what he did. Go back and remember the things that he did for you. 
He says, you rescued me from death. You took my eyes and changed the tears. You took my feet and changed the stumbling. You brought me to the land of the living. It's so easy to forget what we asked for and how God answered it, which means then we lose thanks. We lose love. This is what actually helps us develop a deeper love, a deeper thankfulness is to remember what God has done. Where have you seen God show up in your life and give you practical help, give you emotional help? David really mentions both. Where have you seen God show up and meet you emotionally, physically, financially, relationally, intellectually? Where have you seen God show up for you? He says, remember those things to remind yourself of that, to remind that God has the power. Listen, if you remember those things, what it does is it helps you to remember today. Oh, that's right. God does answer prayer. Oh, that's right. There is hope. Oh, that's right. God does change things. Oh, that's right. When God enters into a situation, things become different. Things are never the same when you invite God into them. They never are. God changes the equation. God changes the equation. As soon as you've got your life and your situation and your emotions and your pain and whatever it is, as soon as God gets brought into that, it's different. It's never the same. He says, remember when that's happened to you before. Remember when you've experienced that in the past. Remember what happened. Remember who he is. Remember what he did. And then remember what you did. That's, that's the next thing he says to remember is he says, I believed, I believed, even when I said, I am severely oppressed. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. So I love what he's saying. He says, I was severely oppressed. And in my alarm, I don't know if you've ever felt like this. I have. And you just say, everyone's a liar or everyone's against me or everyone's awful or nobody cares or no one. He says, in my alarm, I was catastrophizing and thinking no one's there for me. And in my, I was experiencing this and thought it was awful and thought it was horrible. And even in the middle of that, he says, I believed and I called out to God. That's faith. Faith doesn't mean you don't experience pain. Faith doesn't mean that you, you don't go through hard stuff, but faith means there's a fight in you still, like Michael Jackson. That's what faith is. You didn't think that you were going to come today and hear that Michael Jackson is the model of your faith. <laughs> He's not in a lot of ways, but this way. It's remembering what you did so that you have the tools again to do it. And then all of that remembering, remember, Psalms of Thanksgiving turn remembering into responding. All of that remembering, remembering what happened to you, and actually thinking about it, remembering who God is, remembering what God did, remembering what you did, all of that remembering then leads to responding. It leads to responding, which is why this is such a helpful discipline. Here's the, the final part. He says, how can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The death of his faithful ones is valuable in the Lord's sight, which is kind of a, a weird sounding verse, but it means it's costly to him. It means that God cares about when he loses a child on this earth. Lord, I am indeed your servant. 
I am your servant, the son of your female servant. He's talking about his mother there, but I wouldn't recommend calling your mother the female servant of God, but you could. You have loosened my bonds. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the Lord's house within you, Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So he takes this and leads it to responding. He takes God's faithfulness and turns it into his thankfulness, his gratefulness. So you can't think about where you've been and who you saw God to be and what God did and what you can't think of all of that without it leading to David's question, which is, how can I repay the Lord? And the answer to that question isn't, therefore, you need to do all these things for me. What David actually says here of of what the response is, is it leads to drinking more of God's grace. The way that he repays God is actually coming to God and saying, I'm going to lift up the cup of salvation and want more of you. And I'm going to thank you. It leads to that first and foremost. It leads to him thanking God. The response of his remembrance is thankfulness. And it is him saying a recommitment of, I'm going to obey. I'm going to fulfill my vows. I want to walk with God, not just out of some, listen, do you want to walk with God out of a heart of delight and not just duty? It comes from this. Because he's saying, I remember how good God is to me. So I want to fulfill my vows. I want to obey him because I've seen who he is to me. So he says it leads to drinking in more of God's grace, to obeying, to serving, to thanking, to proclaiming. And all of that publicly. Listen, that's why I'm so glad that, that you're here today. And listen, again, if you're online and you can't make it for whatever reason, we're, still, we're thankful that you're there, but I need to speak to us here today. It's, it, this all culminates in three times him saying that there's a public proclamation. He says, in the presence of all his people, what God has done for you privately, its ultimate culmination is to be public. What God has done in your life, even this week or these last few months, its ultimate climax is not supposed to just be you in your room, but in the presence of all his people. As we worship together, as we take communion together, saying God is good and he has been good to me. And doing that publicly increases that joy and is the right destination of that joy and of his deliverance. You want a a deeper love for God like David starts with? You want a deeper love for God? You You want to be changed in the middle of whatever you're going through? This is the pattern that David gives to us. Remembering, leading to responding. And the deeper that you go into that, the more that it culminates into that love and thankfulness. My encouragement, as it has been every, every week this week on the Psalms, is that you would go home and rewrite this Psalm in your words. Actually take the time and remember what happened to you in your life. Think of a time. I was doing this with several different incidences this week and thinking, okay, God, this happened to me and I learned that this is who you were and this is what you actually did and changed. And I was taking specific incidents and writing those out and it was very helpful for my soul. And I would encourage you, take this Psalm and do what David did. Rewrite the Psalm in your own words and God will use that to transform your present by reminding you of what he's done in your past. We're going to take communion. And when we take communion, the very thing that Jesus said is, 
this do in remembrance of me. And thank you, God, for that cloud. See, we have to thank God right now. He, he kept that cloud there. Praise the Lord. Like, I mean, come on, that's good. We're talking about thankfulness and he did that. I know it doesn't affect you at home, but you know, it affects us here. <clears throat> and Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me which is taking all of those things that we looked at that, that David is praising God for, and it's even more heightened that we have in Jesus on the cross. That we were sinful, and he showed himself to be gracious and compassionate in our sins, sending his son, rescuing us from death. The cords of death, of sin, of God's judgment and wrath entangled us, and he delivered us on the cross that what David thanked God for, we see in Jesus even more clear. And that's why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget it. Remember what I did so that your remembrance turns into responding. And we respond by, by praising God. We respond by standing and worshiping. We respond by giving. We respond by praying and thanking him. We respond by obedience and fulfilling our vows, all the things that David said, but we have greater reason in Jesus. So what we're going to do is give you, just like we've kind of done online, give you a couple minutes and hopefully you already have your communion cup with you. If you didn't, they're on those tables over there and you can make your way over there and grab them. But we're going to take a couple minutes and I would encourage you to spend some time praying and thanking God. Spend some time, if, if you feel like the response is to take some sort of next step, you can go on your phone to our website and, and go to the next step page. And maybe that's to take, maybe the next step is some act of obedience to be in community, to give or something, serve. But we're gonna, they're gonna play some music. You guys can go for it. And, and, um, and just give you a couple minutes to pray. And then we'll stand together and, and worship. <clears throat>